Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. It's a week away from Christmas, and I'm thrilled you're listening. Merry Christmas to all you that are out there. We'll be doing a phenomenal show next week for Christmas. We'll be discussing evidence for the Christmas story, and we'll be interviewing both Dr. Gary Habermas and Dr. Craig Blomberg, two of the experts in this field. They'll both be on. It'll be a special one-hour show. It'll be starting at 8 a.m. next Sunday, so set your clocks and write it on your calendars. Get ready for a wonderful episode of The God Solution next Sunday, Christmas Day, from 8 to 9 a.m. Again, we'll be discussing the evidence with Dr. Gary Habermas and Dr. Craig Blomberg, two of the experts in this field. They'll be discussing the evidence for Christmas and why we can be confident about what we're celebrating this Christmas. So again, as we get started, I hope you're gearing up for a wonderful Christmas celebration, and I'm excited that you're listening. Today I want to talk about hope, because this is a time of the year where a lot of people deal with hopelessness. But before we get to this topic, I wanted to share the tragic news that last Thursday evening, noted atheist Christopher Hitchens died of esophageal cancer. And it is a very sad day. Christopher Hitchens, even though he was adamantly against God and an adamant atheist, was a person that was created in God's image. And it's always sad to see someone like that die. My prayer is that Hitchens would have received Jesus Christ's gift of salvation before he died. I hope to find that that's the case. He even prepared us, though, uh, if he should do that, to know that it was a mistake and that it was an effect of his drugs. So he warned people not to believe any account of him recanting his atheism. But even though he warned that, I pray that he went through with coming to Christ, realizing that he was a sinner that needed a Savior, and trusting Jesus alone for his salvation. And the Bible says that that day will come when we will all bow our knee to Jesus. And I know that day has come for Christopher Hitchens, and I hope that it happened before he died. Even though he was a noted atheist and wrote, God is not great in other atheistic pieces, there were also areas of common ground that we can have with Hitchens as Christians. And one of those was his position on the pro-life issue. He considered himself pro-life, asked point blank, are you pro-life? He responded, yes. He considered the science to be conclusive that birth began at conception. He said that the fetus was not a fetus, but rather an unborn child. And he would correct people that labeled the fetus a fetus, telling them it is an unborn child, according to the science. And he disparaged the pro-choice movement for their disregard for science telling them that they should be more open to the science of fetal development and embryology, insisting that the science alone led to a pro-life position. Again, we're talking about Christopher Hitchens, born April 13, 1949, died December 15, 2011, last Thursday night. Again, our thoughts and our prayers go out to his family, to his loved ones, and I pray that somehow before he died, he came to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And I pray that his death will actually lead many of those that read his works and followed him to come to a faith in Christ as they evaluate the reality of the mortality that exists on this planet and the short lives that each of us have to live. So with that in mind, 
there is hope. When we encounter things like that, it seems like there is so much hopelessness. And if Christopher Hitchens was right, there really is no more hope than the death that we will all encounter someday and the pain that awaits us until that day. But in Christ, there is so much hope. And I want to share with you today the hope that we have in Christ. Again, as I stated when we started out the show, people often say that Christmas is one of the most hopeless times of the year. And depression and suicide spike during this time. Loneliness is increased during this time as so many go to be with friends and loved ones and those that don't have friends and loved ones feel this aggravated sense of loneliness. So if that's you today, if you're lonely and hopeless, I want you to stay tuned because there is hope for you. And if that's not you today, if you don't feel lonely and you don't feel hopeless, well, then I'm glad you're listening because you'll be encouraged with the hope that we share today as well. So a lot of things all around us are in complete disarray and despair. You've heard me share the stats before on this show, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But the bottom line is that most of the people around you are desperately searching. Everyone around you is dealing with issues and consequences and doubts and issues that cause them to live in hopelessness. And there really is hope that we can each have. Having removed God from our society, our country seems to be in a downward spiral while the rest of the world is on fire. No matter what side of the political, ideological, theological, or philosophical spectrum people are on, there is a common sense of dismay and disillusionment with the way things are and an apprehension about where they're heading. Looking at all that is going on in the world, it might seem hard to imagine a bright future. A Scottish proverb articulates this reality, stating, Were it not for hope, the heart would break. Were it not for hope, the heart would break. Mark Twain said, Lord, save us all from a hope tree that has lost the faculty of putting out blossoms. It has been said that some see a hopeless end while others see an endless hope. And that's what I want to talk about today. Not the hopeless end that seems so prevalent in many minds as we consider Christmas in this Christmas season, but the endless hope offered in the birth of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. Hope is the ability to trust God in his sovereignty, his protection, and his provision, regardless of the circumstances. An unknown author put it this way, Hope is putting faith to work when doubting would be easier. And when the world says give up, hope whispers, try it one more time. We, as believers, have a hope that completely surpasses everything else in this world. In fact, the Bible says that we can have a peace that surpasses understanding, that human understanding cannot comprehend the peace and the hope that the believer has. We have a belief and a hope and an eternity for all those that have put their trust in Christ. That is a hope that puts all the pain and suffering that can be experienced on this planet in perspective. Scripture puts it this way, it tells us to hope in the living God, the Savior of all men, in Jesus alone, in his name, in his word, in his love, in his grace, in his free gift of salvation, in his protection, in his provision, and in the eternal life that he offers. See, each one of us are sinful and separated from God. Sin always separates relationships. If I were to punch you in the face today, you would not want to hang out with me tomorrow. Selfishness and sin always separate friendships and relationships. And that's what it is with God. 
I talk to so many people that think they have a relationship with God. They think that they are good with God. They think that they are close to God and that they are quote-unquote spiritual. But the reality is, is that each of our selfish behaviors, decisions, and actions have separated us from God and from a relationship with him. It's common sense. He's perfect. I'm not. I cannot exist in perfect unity with a perfect God while I am imperfect. That leaves us with a very hopeless situation. Separation from God right now and for all of eternity because of my sin and because of my imperfection. The Bible tells us, though, that there is hope in the midst of that, that Jesus Christ was God in human flesh. God became a man. He lived a perfect life that no one before had ever lived and that no one since has ever lived and no one in the future ever will live. He lived a perfect life without sin so that he could go to the cross, dying for your sin and for mine, paying the price for all my sin, for all your sin, so that each one of us could stand before him confidently, the Bible says, knowing that our sin has been dealt with, not because we were perfect by any means, but because he was perfect and he paid the price. Now, perfect in his sight because of Jesus, I can have a relationship with him based on all that he did at the cross. That gives me hope. No longer do my sin and selfishness separate me from God. No longer do they require that I spend an eternity separated from him in what the Bible calls hell. But now I can have peace with God, Romans 5 says. Peace with God based on what he did. Peace with others based on what he did. That gives me a lot of hope. So the believer has hope that there is something so much more both in this life and in the life to come. Again, Scripture tells us to hope in the living God, the Savior of all men, in Jesus alone, in his name, in his word, in his love, in his grace and free gift of salvation, in his protection, in his provision, and in the eternal life that he offers. Scripture tells us that those who hope in God will find rest. Remember when Jesus said, If any of you are weary and heavy burden, come to me and I will give you rest. Those who hope in God will find rest. They will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. They will be delivered and they will have the endurance to persevere. If that's you, if you need to be delivered, if you need the endurance to persevere, if you want to find rest and strength, all of that comes from hope in God. That's why the psalmist said in 71.14, But as for me, I will always have hope. And that's why Hebrews 6.19 tells us, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. See, when everything around me is chaotic and everything is in disarray, we have a hope that is an anchor for our soul that keeps us firm and secure. We cannot be shaken. Our hope in God is strong. The people around you will try to share false hope with you. This whole world is full of voices like Christopher Hitchens, like Dawkins, that try to share a false hope that is not hope at all. Friends will tell you to live for the moment, to find your hope in fulfilling whatever desires you happen to have. Don't trade real hope for false hope. Those selfish ambitions will never lead to true joy or true hope. They will always leave you empty. The new atheists will try to talk you out of hope. Don't fall for it. I always tell people, don't be talked out of hope, right? Be talked out of hopelessness. There is real hope. Be talked out of hopelessness. People try to find hope in money, degrees, careers, relationships, drugs, alcohol, gambling, etc. 
all those different things. We call them the five C's, cash, cars, careers, condos, cuties. Those things might bring temporary happiness, but they never bring true joy, true peace, and they never, ever bring true hope. Up to half of today's youth say that they're happier online than in real life. Do you get that? Their virtual lives are more pleasant than the real lives that God has given them. The reason they feel that way is because they have no hope. All these false aspects of hope, all these false promises of hope come up empty. There is no other hope. There is only hope in Jesus Christ. Psalm 65.5 tells us that he alone, God alone, is the only hope and that he is the hope of all the ends of the earth. And Psalm 25.3 promises that no one whose hope is in him will ever be put to shame. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution on KDUR 91.9 and 93.9 FM here in Durango and KDUR.org. We're talking about hope today. During the Christmas holidays and the holiday season, hopelessness, despair, depression, and suicide spike like no other time throughout the year. There are many different reasons that that is the case, but the bottom line is that this time of year, a lot of people are very hopeless. That's why I'm taking this show today, a week before Christmas, to focus on hope and the hope that each of us has in Jesus Christ. If you're just tuning in and you are feeling that hopelessness, that despair, that loneliness, that desperation, Jesus offers you hope today. I'm so glad that you're listening, and I really hope that you'll finish this show with a lot more hope than when we started. Hopelessness is a quagmire of weaknesses, fears, insecurities, anxieties, and burdens that drown the hopeless in despair. There are some interesting paradoxes we find when dealing with those issues. Weaknesses are beaten by getting weaker. Fears are crushed by fearing more. Insecurities are relieved by losing my insecurities. Anxieties are overcome by giving up control. And burdens are lessened by taking on a burden. Weaknesses are not corrected through getting stronger, but rather by dying and allowing him to live his life through me. Fears are not crushed by fearing less, but rather by fearing more, by fearing God rather than anything else. Insecurities are not relieved by gaining a confident self-esteem, but rather by losing myself in Christ, exposing my vulnerabilities and not hiding them. Anxieties, which at their core are a fear of losing control, aren't overcome by gaining control, but rather by losing it and surrender to God. As John Piper says, anxieties must be cast, not carried. It is in casting them on our Savior through prayer that they are overcome. Burdens are not, it turns out, lessened by casting them off, but rather by taking on a different one. His burden, which is light, and his yoke, which is easy. His burden and yoke are the daily fellowship with him in his word and in prayer and in fellowship with other believers. Remember Jesus' invitation. Again, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Life isn't found in finding it, but in losing it. Remember what Jesus said. I think a lot of times hopelessness and despair come from trying so hard to find my own life and finding nothing. And Jesus says, the key, the solution is to lose your life in him and you'll find true life. Ultimately, hopelessness is not overcome by finding hope in every circumstance of my life but rather by finding true hope in God, who is God over all the circumstances of my life. Scripture tells you that when things seem hopeless, be strong and take heart. 
Hold unswervingly to your hope because God is faithful. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. Be content in any situation through him, knowing that there is surely a future and a hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. When God promised the Israelites that there is a future and a hope for them, they were in a very, very, very hard situation. They had been exiled. They were living with all sorts of oppression over them in slavery to foreign rulers. And in that context of seeming hopelessness, God told them, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. See, Scripture tells us that hope does not disappoint us. Hope purifies us. Hope lives in us through Jesus Christ. Hope gives us faith, gives us love, gives us joy, and gives us confidence. Scripture tells us that hope makes us very bold. God personally promises you in Isaiah 49, 23, those who hope in me will not be disappointed. If you've been disappointed with all that this life has to offer, if you have found that this life and its promises, the promises of this world come up short, turn to Jesus who promises you that if you hope in him, you will not be disappointed. I can speak from personal experience that having put my trust in God, I have not been disappointed. He has always been true and faithful. He has always lived up to his side of the bargain. The Bible tells us that God works everything for the good of those who love him. No matter who you are, if you love God, if you love Jesus, he will work the circumstances of your life, even terrible and bizarre and confusing circumstances around for your good. Before Christ, the Bible says we were separate from him, excluded from his family, without hope and without God in the world, grieving like the rest of the world who has no hope. The Bible describes the world without Christ as grieving without hope, but says that in Christ we have hope, that we are no longer grieving like the rest of the world who have no hope. See, in Christ you have a real hope that few others have. The Bible tells us always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We should be sharing the hope that we have with this world that desperately needs hope. So many people around us are hopeless. And so this is my encouragement to you as you listen to the show this morning. First, I want you to find true hope in Jesus Christ this Christmas season. What a better time than right now to find hope in him. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Right now, God stands at the door. Jesus knocks at the door of your life saying, will you let me in? Sometimes I ask people, if you heard a knock at the door and you went and you looked through the peephole and there staring you in the face was Jesus Christ himself, would you open the door or not? And of course, everybody says, I'd open the door. Well, that's what's happening in a personal sense, Jesus is knocking at the door and he says, will you open? Will you let me come in? Will you let me take over your hopeless and chaotic life and give you hope and peace? And if you open that door, if you surrender control to him, if you put your trust in him, the Bible says you will instantly be adopted into his family, that you will find hope and trust in him, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. See, that is real hope. So my first encouragement today is that if you haven't found hope, that if you are hopeless today, that you would come to Jesus and that you'd find your hope in him, that you would say, Jesus, please come into my life, forgive my sins, make me the kind of person that you want me to be. 
And he says in that very moment, he'll do it. He'll come in. If you mean that sincerely, he'll come in. He'll forgive you your sins, and he'll never leave you or forsake you. You then will find true hope. Which brings me to the next challenge. If you have true hope, whether you just found it praying that prayer or whether you've known that hope in Christ for years, the world around you desperately needs that and they desperately need it today, right now. Please take the initiative to share the hope you have with those around you that desperately need it. See, you have an unconditional hope not based on circumstances. You have peace that surpasses understanding, protection no matter the dangers of this world, provision regardless of the economy, a purpose even when opportunities seem bleak, acceptance and love from those around you, forgiveness when you fail, and an eternity with Jesus in heaven. With that hope, your future is truly bright, and you really can change this world. The people around you desperately need just a glimpse of that hope that you have. So I pray that you'd share it with them today. I want to encourage you with what Paul prayed for the Ephesians in chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. He said, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. See, the Bible tells us that that hope is incomparable, that nothing compares to the hope that we have in him. Paul also told the Romans, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my hope for you today, is that the hope you find in Jesus would overflow to all those around you, that they would see the hope that's in your life, and that they too would find that hope this Christmas season. So it's Christmas time. 2,000 years ago, there was a baby born in a manger, God in human flesh. The Bible tells us he was Emmanuel, God with us. He came and he lived here on this planet. This isn't a story. This isn't a myth. This isn't make-believe. This is a historically verifiable fact. Again, next week, please tune in at 8 a.m. for a special one-hour show of The God Solution where we're going to be interviewing Dr. Gary Habermas of Liberty University in Virginia and Dr. Craig Blomberg of Denver Seminary right here in Colorado. They are two of the foremost experts in the field of biblical studies and apologetics and these issues like that, and they are going to provide some apologetic or evidential firepower to give you confident reasons for believing that the Christmas story we're celebrating this season is not just a story, it's not just a TV special, it's not just something we do for the kids, but it is a celebration of the most authentic glimpse of hope this world has ever seen. That God would love us so much that he would come and live a life among us on this planet. Sometimes I put it like this when I talk to students. If you were trying to initiate a relationship with a bird. I know this sounds silly, but let's say you wanted to make friends with a bird. You could try all you wanted, but it would be very difficult to ever relate to that bird as a human being. But if you were to become a bird, to reach out to that bird at that bird's own level, a friendship would be possible. It's kind of that way. I know it's a silly analogy, but it's kind of that way between us and God. 
God came to our very level. He lived the life that you've lived. He experienced all the hardship you ever have. He was tempted in every way as you have ever been, yet without sin. He knows everything you're going through. No matter what hopelessness or despair you've experienced, he experienced that too, yet remained sinless, yet remained confident, yet remained perfect. And then he went to the cross and he died for you so that you could share that same hope. So, as always, I want to encourage you that an open mind, an honest heart, a humble disposition, and a diligent search always lead to Jesus. And as you think about these issues, I want to encourage you to have an open mind, an honest heart, a humble disposition, and to search diligently. And I believe that that search will lead you to true hope. A place where you could find out more about that true hope that we're talking about this morning would be Calvary Chapel right here in Durango. Calvary meets at 9.30 a.m. at the Gaslight Theater. They're a great body of believers, a great group of people that are going to love you and accept you no matter who you are, no matter where you come from. And they're going to encourage you as you walk and seek and search for Jesus Christ. They're going to encourage you in your own spiritual journey. Tell Pastor Terry that we say hi if you see him and his beautiful family. He has a lot of little kids running around. They're all wonderful, wonderful kids. Tell him that we say hi, and I hope you'll visit Calvary Chapel this morning where you will find true hope yet again. They will be sharing more on that this morning. So give them a shot. Again, Calvary Chapel, 9 a.m. at the Gaslight Theater. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. It's been a blast getting to talk to you about hope. And again, as you enjoy Christmas, as you celebrate the Christmas season, I would encourage you to find that hope, not in the things you buy or the things you get or the decorations that you put up or the foods that you cook and eat, but rather in the only true hope this world has ever known, Jesus Christ and the salvation, the free gift of forgiveness that he offers to every one of us and the promise of an eternal life that puts everything in this world in perspective. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas season. Again, tune in next week for a great show discussing the evidence for Christmas at 8 a.m. next Sunday morning on Christmas Day. It'll be a one-hour special. I hope you'll tune in at 8 a.m. next week on Christmas Day. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful Sunday. Oh,